Hello, we're glad you've joined us today. We're going to be sharing from God's Word on how to empower you as a believer, and in doing so, we're going to empower the church. So we hope you have time and can tune in. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Arise and Shine TV show or emailing us at TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you. We've been talking about the church, and, and uh, when I say church, I'm talking about not necessarily just a local church. We're talking about the church as, in a whole, exactly. as a whole, you know. And so we don't have any church in, in mind. We're not thinking of any particular church. But we're talking about the church as a whole. And when you see things going on globally at a, at a level that's going, and then you hear things in the past about, you know, this one did this or that one did that or, you know, and this event happened and that event happened and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Oh my gosh, they did what, you how know? How did we get here? Yeah, how did we get here? How did we get to this place? And so what we're talking about is the church, the last day, this church, are we going to be a church that is powerful or are we going to be a church that's pitiful? You know, and I think we have to make that decision. I think we not only have to make that decision as a church globally, but see, we're talking to, because the church is not this organization or this group that's out there somewhere, you know. No, the church is you. You are the church, and I'm of the church. Born-again believers, we are the, the, the members that makes up the church. And so I'm talking to uh, Christians globally, you know, no matter where you are or no matter where you're at, it doesn't matter. You know, we are the church. And so are we as individuals. See, the church is only going to be as strong as its weakest, really its weakest member. Because that's important. Every member matters. And for so long, we've had such a mixed up, mixed up, messed up uh, mind thought, you know, where, where leaders are concerned, that most of the time what we do is we are spectators and not participators. We're sitting by letting somebody else, you know, entertain us at times or do all the ministering and do all the being used by God. But God wants to use everybody. Yes. God wants us all to have power because, as we've said before in Acts 1 and 8, and you have to think about when you go back and think about Acts 1 and uh, 4 and 5 and then Acts 8 as well, who was Jesus talking to? Mm -hmm. What was the group he was talking to? Was he just talking to this elite group? of apostles and that was it this 12 well we get record from the scripture that there was a that he actually appeared to over 500 people at one time and he ended the end to the uh, disciples who went on to be apostles but so estimating wise there could there should have been at least 500 people at the day of Pentecost right. but we know from scripture there was only 120 mm -hmm. so you has to make you wonder where was the other 380 where were they at? Probably the same place Thomas was when Jesus appeared to the twelve the first time. He wasn't there. And when they told him about it, he wouldn't even believe it. Mm -hmm. See, it was the, the fact that he wouldn't believe it says a little bit about why he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Because evidently it wasn't as important to him to be with them as it was the other ten. I say, yeah, the other ten, you know. So, um, so, uh, so where was the other 380? We don't know. But we do know that the 120 did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They went to the upper room and they stayed and they prayed mm -hmm. to the best of their ability and the best of their knowledge. And, and, and I don't think they came to finally came. And I know they were all in one mind and one accord. And that is important because God can't move in division. 
and discord, that's for sure. But I think it was more that, uh, you know, these people were doing the best they knew how with what they had because they didn't have the fullness of the Spirit at that time. They were born again and they hadn't been born again long. Mm -hmm. So see, they're baby Christians. And yes, some of them had walked with Jesus and most of them had been around Him and heard Him, you know, but, uh, but uh, I believe it came because God said, this is when I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. This is the day of Pentecost. And enough of them cooperated with Him that allowed Him to fulfill His Word. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's what God's looking for today is for enough Christians and believers to cooperate with Him so He can do what He desires to do in these last days so that we can close this age out and get on with what God has for us Amen. in eternity. I, I just do. So Acts 2 and 4 is the fulfillment of what Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8. He said, you shall be endued with power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that word power is important. Same word we get dynamite from. Powerful word. It's a, I mean, it's a self-energized creative force that is almost unexplainable. Well, what they're really describing is, and you can see it later on, well, he said you'll get this power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So this power is in direct connection with the person of the Holy Spirit. He is that power. Mm -hmm. He is the one that displays that power. Mm -hmm. And God has allowed this third person of the Godhead to actually come and live, not just in us, but he wants to come on us to equip us and empower us to do what he's called us to do. Right. So let's read Acts 2. And uh, I guess just read one through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And see, we can see right here that in this fulfillment now, I think it's, I, I really think it's quite amazing when you think, you know, about this little event and try to project yourself into it. Mm -hmm. Like you were kind of like you were there, you know, and you could almost see the crowd and you can hear Jesus talking. You notice that in Acts, that in Acts 1 through 4 and in, in verse 8, Matter of fact, nowhere previous to this, mm -hmm. nowhere previous to this in any of the Gospels, none of the Gospels, did Jesus ever mention speaking in other tongues. It's never mentioned. Isn't that interesting? The only place you'll find it previously is in the book of Isaiah when Isaiah prophesied mm -hmm. that I will speak to them with another tongue and stammering lips in another tongue, but yet they won't hear. Mm -hmm. That's the only place it's ever mentioned. But see, this is the fulfillment of that. Acts 2, 1 through 4 is that fulfillment. So I think it's interesting, you know, that he did something that would have been just as totally foreign and just possibly uncomfortable, uh, questionable. What's some other adjectives that you could use? I mean, in their own natural mind, it'd be like, I think if he told them, they probably struggled with it. Because I think that's where or some... Or tried to make it happen, maybe. Or try to make it happen. Yeah, or just all kinds of stuff. Because when you think about it, what is the biggest thing that people struggle with about being filled with the fullness of God? It's the, the baptism. It's the tongues. It's the. T I mean, it's that one subject. That one subject right there. Speaking in other tongues really messes people up. And what's funny is, I didn't think about it. I didn't create it. I didn't decide that. 
even the, the, uh, the original apostles didn't think about it. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't even come up with it. God the Father spoke through the prophet Isaiah over 700 and something years before this happened, and he had already decided that's what he was going to do. And I think he gave something that was so possibly unattractive or so foreign. I'm trying to think of words that you could even describe it to the natural man that would force them to have to step in and receive it by faith. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too because it is something that man can't use his intellect for. Yeah. So he can't say that he has wisdom about that. You know what I mean? I mean, it can't right. be something that one man can say that he has complete knowledge of and somebody, and he can look down on somebody else and say that it puts everybody on the same plane. Boy, it does, doesn't you it? You know, I mean, I don't care how educated you are, how uneducated you are, when you have faith and are able to believe that, everybody's the same. And it doesn't even matter what your lifestyle was before then. Oh, no. no matter how deep in sin you were, no matter what you did, where you came from, mm -hmm. that means absolutely nothing to any, any, anything with God. No, the I mean, same plans, Yeah, you take the Apostle Paul. He said he felt like he was the least of the apostles and wasn't even deserving of that ministry. Because mm -hmm. he's thinking from a natural standpoint, he said he put Christians in jail. Right. He, had, he stood by and watched Stephen be, be, be killed. And you know, and, and all this, and God still took him right out of that. <laughs> Filled him with his spirit. See? Mm -hmm. Put him on a level plane. It's, it's, all, all of us come the same way. Right. We come through the blood of Jesus Christ, not of works. It's all a free gift. Tongue, if you'll receive. But see, well, a lot of people don't know if they can get past the door of tongues. Right. There is so much on the other side of that door. Mm -hmm. Because. Go ahead. And that power, that same power is available to everyone, like you said. You don't yeah. have to be in a five-fold ministry no. to need that power or to be able to use that power. It's for you on your everyday life and in your own personal ministry because you'll probably get into this later, but everybody is called to preach, like right. he goes on to say. So everybody has somebody that they're going to be connected to to share Jesus with, and that's what gives you the ability to do it. And, you know, and we talk too about, I mean, you need that power. I mean, we've tried, to, we've tried to convince people. We've tried to talk them into it. We've wore their ears off their head <laughs> trying to, you know, trying to get this across to them. But, then, but when all it takes, now listen, all it takes is the Holy Ghost to come on you mm -hmm. and for you to speak by the Spirit one time because it's the Spirit that convicts. Mm -hmm. We've tried to harass them to the point where they, they do it. And a lot of them will do it just so you'll shut up. Right. Well, that happens with salvation. And too. I think that's what I'm talking about. I think we've had a lot of them do that. Yes. So you'll shut up. I'll do whatever you say. Just, just let's get this over with so I can go do what I want to do. Right. But see, when the Spirit is involved in that whole procedure, mm -hmm. see, then the, it's the Spirit that convicts the hearer. Right. And He's the one that touches the heart. He's the one that, that opens the eyes. He's the one that allows them to see where they're at. And what their destiny is, and they come to that, and they can see the realization that they do need Jesus. See, he's the one that does that whole process. Mm -hmm. See, that's why he said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll be witnesses, not just telling people about me, but just witnesses. I mean, because you can tell people about Jesus, you know, but if you know, you can be filled with the Spirit and speak with other tongues, but that doesn't mean you have character. Right. See, the new birth, the new birth is for fruit. Mm -hmm. It's for character to live a godly life. Mm -hmm. 
But the infilling of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues is to empower you for service. See, they're different. And we have a lot of Christians that have been born again, and they have the fruit, and they don't understand the Spirit-filled Christian because they've been filled with the Spirit, and they still have never taken the time to develop any character. But they can sure so supposedly at times move in the Spirit, and God may even allow them to, because God doesn't wait for you to mature spiritually in the fruit of the Spirit before He fills you with the Spirit. Lord, if He did. <laughs> <laughs> if He did, nobody'd ever get it, wouldn't He? Nobody'd ever get it because you'll never, because you'll never, you won't grow. See, you won't grow. And so what happens is people don't grow. So we have people out here that they don't want this because they've seen these people over here and these spirit-filled people can be the most arrogant, the most ugly, the most uh, uh, judgmental of people that there are. Yeah. Because after all, you're not as good as I am mm. because look what I have and you don't have. Right. You know, matter of fact, we're not even sure you're saved because you don't have it. And can you see what we're saying? The new birth is for fruit. The nine fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 tells you about them. Love, joy, peace, faithfulness, you know, so on and so on, you know, patience and all that stuff, kindness. You know, but then the infilling the Holy Spirit, speaking other tongues, empowers you to be that witness for service and to do what God's called you to do. So you need to understand it. You got to grow in the fruit and you have to grow also in learning how to be used by the Holy Spirit for service. And it's not always preaching at somebody, being preachy and thumping your Bible. At times, it's just simply living a godly, spirit-filled life around them and having the victory and walking in love. That probably is the greatest magnet to the gospel than anything else. Because right. they see that you're different. You don't, you know, you're not ugly like everybody else. You're nice, you're kind, you know. And you're not judgmental. That doesn't mean you, you can't be if you no. don't want to be. <laughs> no, but that just means they'll see that. Oh, they'll see what they'll look at. and Because people, you, everybody makes <coughs> mistakes. And everybody gets ugly. Everybody gets angry. And everybody says things. But they'll look at the overall picture of your life. Right. And they'll even see that when you do get ugly. Now listen, you have, you, you, you have the manliness enough or a womanness enough. <laughs> that ain't even a word. <laughs> but you can be a man or a woman of God and come and say, you know, I'm sorry I said that to you. Mm -hmm. You're that. sensitive yeah. to other people when you say things or do things and to the point where you're willing to come and say, you know, I, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that mm -hmm. because I, I know that in doing that that I hurt you. See, because spirit-filled Christian even, they can just flat run over people. And they think that, well, I'm doing this because God said do it. Oh, yeah. And they have no idea that they don't, they don't get it. See, they don't get it. They've never grown. So you've got to grow, you grow in fruit and you've got to grow in your ability to learn how to be used by the Spirit. And I like the way the Spirit used me best because to me it's safe. I don't try to do things. I don't try to work things up. I don't look at people and try, you know, to, to, to understand or try to, to operate in things in the Spirit. I just live life. Get around people and just be yourself. And then while I'll be talking or doing something, all of a sudden, just out of the blue, suddenly, the Spirit of God will come on me. And my normal conversation an intellectual standpoint of conversation will go to an inspired conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'll begin to speak by the Spirit. And every time that happens, no matter who I'm, I'm talking to or who's in the room around me and it's listening, they can tell it. Mm -hmm. See, they can tell it. Why? Because that's divine, supernatural utterance given by the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit coming on you right. 
to touch somebody else's life. And we now, can't make that happen. Yeah. No, you can't make that happen, but you can make yourself available to yes. it. And you can be a candidate for it. But you only do that by staying in His presence and allowing Him to do a work in you. That's why, that's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Because a part of getting to that place where He can use you is not only spending time in His Word, but spending time praying in other tongues. Because praying in other tongues will get you to that place. Mm -hmm. It'll get you to that place. And what I just explained to you, 99% of the church has no clue. See, they think that they're supposed, and, and then there'll be those that'll think they're spiritual, and they'll try to say, you can, listen, the way you can tell if what you are saying is by the Spirit mm -hmm. or just your old ugly self or your intellect is how does it affect the hearer, that's the person that's hearing it. Mm -hmm. See, right. Prophecy, the Bible talks about prophecy, and I gotta, I'm getting off on this for just a second. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I got I to gotta say this. Prophecy in the Bible is referred to, and especially in 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about that y'all make, he said, would that y'all prophesy? Mm -hmm. Well, prophecy in there, it explains it. It does three things. It says it's spoken for edification, that's to build somebody up, exhortation, to encourage somebody or to comfort them. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, if, and, and to prophesy means to speak a divine supernatural utterance or words in a known language. Mm -hmm. That means you're speaking by the Spirit, exactly what I just said that will happen to me at times. And that doesn't just happen to me because maybe I'm in one of the five-fold ministry. That happens to me because I'm born again, I'm Spirit-filled, and I stay in His presence, and I, I pray in tongues a lot. And so therefore, it gives Him the opportunity to use and work through me to try, because He wants to touch people's lives around, not just me, around you, where you're at, where you live, yes. where you work, and your family, and things like that. And you've harped on them, and you've beat on them, and you've done everything imaginable, and they don't even like to be around you sometimes because you drove them away from you. But if you just one time would let God speak to you. But you can't make it happen. You can't go, you just have to trust Him. Lord, use me, use me. Lord, let me speak, let me do something. You know, and then do what you know to do. Buy somebody's lunch. You know, give them your parking space. Whatever it takes. Just do something from the totally from the natural and show God you want to help people. Buy somebody's lunch. You're their coffee that's behind you in the next car. You don't even know who they are. Just buy it anyway. You know, just do something like that. And show God you want to help people. And then, and, and then spend time in His presence and God will begin to use you. Mm -hmm. See, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that's when we bear fruit. Right. That's when we... Because if you could do it without the Holy Spirit coming on you... Mm -hmm. Jesus wouldn't have had to tell them in the book of Acts, you need to tarry and get this. Right, right. See, what, what's happened is in the past, the reason the church has come to a pitiful place instead of a place of power is because we have come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is not necessary. We didn't, we didn't come out and write that out and say that's what we're doing, mm -hmm. but we've pushed Him aside and we've taken in other things. We've given up the gold for brass, so to speak. And we've pushed, we did not realize it, but we pushed the power of God out away from us and we've tried to do intellectually and in our own flesh in our own ability mm -hmm. what can only be accomplished by the Spirit. Right. And if we want the church to be empowered and to be the thing that uh, the Word of God says that we should be, then we want to encourage you and, and ourselves and inspire us to be um, the starting point yes. for that. Yes. And that's what we want to be is an, is an inspiration and an encouragement for you 
to get started and be the source of, um, of light and influence where you are. And then as we come together as individuals and we're encouraged and we're inspired and yeah. we're, we're walking in the, the influence of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. And then when we come together, that's when we're going to see the body yes. become empowered and begin yes. to do what God's called us to do in the earth. You know, it's funny. She's saying that. And when she's saying that, I saw this. I saw this. You have to remember now, see, I've done like work for years, you know, and, and I've gone into some houses, you know, and you'll hang this real big, huge, elaborate chandelier, you know. Some of them can be massive and weigh a whole, whole lot, okay? And you get this thing up there, and then you, go, you look at these little light bulbs, and these little poor little light bulbs, little bitty things, mm -hmm. and they're only 25 watts. And, of course, we're used to 1,600 watts, old school, you know, 1,600 watts. We're talking about incandescent. That's what I'm referring to, incandescent. And you think, well, these ain't going to do much. Or even if it's LED, it's LED, it may only be three watts. <laughs> you know, and you're going like, well, that's good Lord. There ain't no sense in putting that in there. But what happens is you don't just put one. You might put 25 or 30. And you get, I mean, and you, that one puts off a certain amount of light, but it's all it can put because that's, that's, that's all it's rated for. Mm -hmm. See, we're all rated for a certain amount. Mm -hmm. But my gosh, when you put them all up there together, you're going like, whoa. I mean, it lights the room up. I mean, it is so bright you can't hardly look at it. Right. And the first thing you do is, do I need to put this on a dimmer? So a dimmer will dim the lights because at times it's so bright, it's almost overwhelming and overpowering because it's so bright. Right. And so a lot of times we put dimmers on them just for that purpose because they don't want them that bright. But see, that's the way that we are as, as Christians and believers. We have a certain amount of that light that is mm -hmm. residing and living down on the inside of us. You know, and God wants us not to cover that with a basket, but He wants us to be as full as we can be by staying in His presence. Mm -hmm. So when we do come together, yes. yes, instead of three watts, we have three or four hundred watts. And, we're, and that the, the, the moving and the power of the Spirit is so strong that it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It almost blinds you. And, and when you look at, I mean, when you look through the, the book of Acts and other places in the Bible, God's presence, well, Paul, what knocked Paul off his donkey, mm -hmm. his mule or whatever? Right. It was light. And that light was the glory of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus, buddy, he's not a three water. Right. You kidding me? <laughs> he's, I mean, he, he, he's a trillion water. <laughs> And when he showed up, babe, we're talking about a light that you can't even describe mm -hmm. to the point that it knocked Paul off his, his animal and blinded him, mm -hmm. his physical eyes, mm -hmm. because it was so bright. See, now that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But see, I believe all that intensity of that light that Jesus has, he's dispersed throughout his body. Mm -hmm. And I believe if you could ever get a group of people, my goodness gracious, if you could ever get a group of people in one place, in one mind, one accord, no fussing, no fighting, and getting past all the grumbling and the complaining and just loving one another and wanting to walk in love and be full of the Spirit and actually come to church for one time in their life with something instead of needing something, mm -hmm. then, my God, you could see a move of God. Right. You could see the Spirit of God. It's no wonder we have lost that come in and they'll get saved four and five times in a row. Every time they raise, there's an altar call, they'll raise their hand. But their lives never change. Why? Because there wasn't enough of the presence of God in the room to convict them. See? And we say, blame it on the pastor. We'll blame it, blame it on the preacher. But see, it's not the preacher at all. See, it's, 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 it's us. We have something to do with it. Amen? Well, we didn't get very far, did we? 
<laughs> oh. oh, okay. So looking at Acts, it says that they were all filled with the Spirit and spoke with other tongues. Jesus had to get them past that door. And I think it happened in such a way that they probably didn't have much time to think about it. You know, they didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it. But they embraced it. And not only that, they went forth. And what was amazing is if you look at it also, and we could look at it later if we wanted to, when, when uh, Philip went up to Samaria and he preached, he didn't even bother getting anybody filled with the Spirit. He just got them saved and healed. Then Peter and John went up, see, and they got filled with the Spirit. Or even Cornelius, let's look at Cornelius, it's probably a better example. When Cornelius, you know, was filled, Peter went to Cornelius' house and preached, and, and they all got filled with the Spirit, began to speak with other tongues. That, now listen, that was a sign to the original group that this was a genuine experience. Mm -hmm. He said, how can, I mean, Peter's rehearsing it in front of the rest, because got, he got caught on the carpet. You went to... You know, you went to the, to the Gentiles. How can you do this? You know, you're not supposed to do this. You know, after Jesus just told them, you know, go to all the world. I guess they missed that part. You know how it is we miss that, you know. And so, the, you know, uh, so when he went in and he just simply just told them what happened. He said, they all got filled with the Spirit. And he said, here's these other men with me that was with me. They were witnesses. They're Jews as well. He said, to, well, I'll sit there and watch them in amazement how God just filled them all with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. They begin to speak with other tongues. He said, how can we resist God right. if he gives them the Holy Ghost? So see, th that to them was a sign of the genuineness of their conversion. Right. So, it's not limited to one denomination, is it? No, it's not. One group see, of it's not. God it's wants God wants to fill everybody, and 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 um, and it's his, his total will. But again, if you're out there today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and uh, and you know that, see, He confirms the word with signs following. And so if you're out there, I know those people that are listening, and you, you, know, you know you're not right. You know you're not right. You know that you've, you've tried to do it in the past, but you really wasn't sincere. But if you're today and you're sincere and you're willing, all you have to do is pray this simple prayer with me and mean it in your heart. Say this words with me. Say, Jesus, I take you today as my Lord and as my Savior. Sin, Satan, I choose not to serve you. I choose not to follow you. Jesus, I declare that you are my Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer and receiving me and accepting me into your family. Now I ask you to fill me with the fullness of your spirit. And I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you were out there and you were and never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or for some reason you had turned away from him and you prayed that prayer, this is a great day for you. And I encourage you to tell someone. Jesus said, if, if you uh, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father and before the angels. So I want you to confess that and let people know what they've done for you. Let us know here and uh, it would bless us. And God bless you until we see you again. Please connect with Arise and Shine by visiting our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Arise and Shine TV show or emailing us at Arise and Shine TV at gmail.com. We look forward to connecting with you.